Do you hit the button, Andy? Okay. We are live. It yeah. is June 17th, Thursday night tailgate, the Thursday night before Father's Day. So we can call this a Father's Day special, but we're really going to talk about brilliant ideas that we got from a billion dollar mastermind, like it, maybe several billion dollar mastermind when you count up the production that was in the room, the level of production, the people, the, pro, the pros that were there. Unbelievable. But Hey guys, before we jump into that, what's up? How was your weeks? <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's start with the lady in the house, Andy, because I mean, I you know how I can be. And it's June 17th. I'm surprised. Are you like finally breaking free from denial? What was that just now, Janet? Did you get that? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Who, who, who are you, Jason Ferris? What'd you say? I, you know, I'm barely keeping it together, man, because I literally got back from Mexico like an hour ago. Yeah, oh, see, wow. Jason, Jason, when he got to the border, they said, no, 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 go back. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll talk about this tonight. But yes, I literally, Janet, uh, I landed up an hour and a half ago and uh, just had to I didn't think he was going to make it, to be honest, Janet. I thought it was going to be the, the duet <laughs> show tonight. Lost and my, I, I had... I prepared, I prepared for it to be just you and I, so we don't actually, we could mute him right now. We can just go for it. But Hey, before we go to you, Janet, um, yes. thank you guys for watching. For those of you watching live, thank you so much. For those of you that are watching the recorded versions, we super appreciate you. For those of you that might be listening to the podcast version of this, thank you so much. This will be the first episode that we push out to podcast. So thanks for listening and stay tuned because we got a lot of content to cover today. You have three coaches with the Tom Ferry organization who get together every week. Sometimes we have a guest. Sometimes like today, we don't. We, we debrief. We share ideas, strategies, best practices that we might be talking about in our coaching practice. Or we might be talking about in the teams that we lead in our respective markets. So there you have the intro. You know what we're up to. Janet? We haven't had a chance to kind of debrief our Janet yet, right? Uh, some of the things that we talked about for the show. So, you know, I, I, I oh wow, yeah, no, we have wait, we have like we, we had to have we had to have wine, um, bone marrow, amazing um, ribeye in Baja on Monday night, and we talked about tailgate for quite some time. So, yeah. Janet, we missed you, and we wish Canada would have released you. I'm get I'm getting my second dose, June twenty eighth. And, oh, there you go. There you That's go. Me, I appreciate that, Janet. And, and yeah, and borders are going to open soon. So, so if I have my Vax card, could I actually come to Canada and get out just fine, or or no? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There were the there were rules that you had to quarantine. I think you still have to quarantine for 14 days when you come in here. They used to do it where you had to quarantine in a hotel for a couple of days. Vaccination card, and you still have to quarantine. I think so. I don't know. Explain that one I'm, not, I'm not coming north of the border. I just want to go south of the border. So you I know, that, that, one of my takeaways about this, uh, well, I don't know, one of my top five takeaways, but one of my takeaways from the trip was that I don't think people are prepared for like all the traveling to start again, right? Like airport personnel are kind of like, oh, shoot, there's a lot of people. Restaurants are like, oh, my gosh. Like uh, Uber services, like everything that used to just like come perfectly because that was right. what Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's what they did. They've been out of practice for a year and a half. And so you could feel that in the hospitality industry. Like It's funny you say that because, you know, here we are, Jason and I are in California and uh, our governor just decided that COVID wasn't happening anymore after June 15th. 1201, well, actually. What's that? It was at 1201, actually. Oh no. So yeah, it was magical that COVID just ended. And, um, and Jason and I were at a mastermind, uh, in Northern Baja a place called Valle de Guadalupe. And it was Jason, we didn't even talk about this, but it was like, we rewound six months. Yeah. It was like, we went backwards in time to the restrictions, to the masks requirements, to, I mean, I'll dare say even the level of fear that some people had when they saw us walking in, you know, I don't care if you had a Vax card or not, they didn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, For sure. Like Janet, like I'd never seen this. They would uh, spray your shoes. So when you get oh, into wow. a 
people, your shoe was sprayed, your other shoe was sprayed, like mask, like security guard would make sure. I don't you know if you missed it, Jason, but if you turn left after that happens, the guy shines your shoes. So you maybe you missed <laughs> that part of it. <laughs> he was wearing flip-flops and they spray his feet. It was weird. Uh, it was great. <laughs> That's very weird. Okay, here we go. Back Please. to you, Ms. Miller. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess done with Welcome you. to another episode of Jason and Andy interrupting Janet. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm so, a tough girl. I can hold my own. So one of the changes that people may have seen is our advertisements. We got rid of our faces. We decided let's stop pushing people away with us and focus more on what we're going to be talking about, like the value that we're going to be bringing. So we made that quick little change. I don't know if you saw that, Janet, but um, we decided that our three mugs aren't why people want to be here. People want to be no, here. No, no, yeah. it was our two. Jan they might be here for Janet, but it was our two mugs. We're definitely hurting the ratings. Yeah. So we took those away and we're going to focus more on who our guest is and what they're going to be talking about or what the content we're bringing as a team, the three of us, uh, to our audiences. So that's one of the smaller changes. And then we're going to play around with, we have to talk to Janet about this, but what time that we're going to go live. Um, and then we're going to be doing some podcasting and we're all in on this, right? Like we're all in. It doesn't matter if we've got 50 or 40 or 60 viewers live and then a thousand or 2000 over the course of the week. We're all in on this. We want to give back and uh, we're not stopping in a year in. We're, go we're going forward. Awesome. All right. So back to Janet and us not interrupting her. <laughs> so the question was, how was my coaching week? Is that my? Yeah. How was your week? So this is the third week of the month. So I always like doing a theme for, for every week. So this is the week I always check in with my guys and ask them about the, their marketing plan for the following month. Because I don't know about you guys, but I find when people come into coaching, their marketing plan is up here in their head or they react to what properties they just listed or they just sold. It's very reactionary rather than strategic. So I always put the challenge out there to say block time in your calendar. It's, it's the time you have to have the meeting with your VP of marketing this week. And if you're a solo agent, it's a meeting with yourself. Or if you have that outside social agency that you're working with, book a strategic time with them and just go through and look at the calendar for July and look at what holidays are happening. What's on the minds of buyers and sellers in July. What are you up to? And just get it all mapped out on paper, on Trello, in your scheduler, whatever, of what you're doing for your key lead sources. So then you're not waking up in the morning and going, oh, I forgot about that event. I forgot about that. So takes work, but it, it's it's worth it to do it. Yeah. And you're the person for that. You know, um, Janet, kudos to you. Um, I was talking with one of my partners here at EXP. Shout out to you, Balin. Um, and yes, Candace, I thought Tom tool was on this week too. Um, but it turns out, it turns out Tom didn't think he was prepared enough to be better than you <laughs> last week. And so He's he pushed to next week. He pushed to next week. Cause he, he might, he might need another week to, uh, to be as good as you were. Thank this you, is, Candace. This is so funny. I'm sending this to Tom right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to put it back up on the screen so he can? I, I, I got that. I love that. Okay, good. Um, so, uh, so, so, Janet, on that, I wanted to say one of the benefits of doing this, um, Balin reached out to me and said, really, Doug, the guest you had on a couple of weeks ago, Nicole, he mm -hmm. said, right after the call, right, he listens to the recording on Fridays. Okay. And he said, right after he listened to it, he went and fixed his link tree, added Calendly links, and it's already worked for him. Oh, awesome. It's already worked for him. Did you so, know you know how it's already worked for him? Did he share with you? Somebody saw his social post, went to his link tree, connected with him, and scheduled an appointment to meet with him. And he's like, I didn't have to go to my DMs and worry about it. It was done for me. So um, if you could pass that back to Nicole, or Nicole, if you're watching, Absolutely. thank you. Because um, I love hearing that, especially when I'm partnered with them and I get to benefit a little bit from that. So yeah, that's really cool. For, for hearing it, executing oh. it. Thank you, Nicole. I know I kind of like overdid it a bit, but that's why oh, I was- by the way, by the way, Jason, I have to tell you this. What? And Balin said, the fact that Jason talked so much and reviewed her website, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm like, I don't want him to hear that. Yes. 
I, I just honestly, you don't. I mean, this is. I mean, I, I know I talk about it a lot, but you just don't see someone who executes so well. And she did all the little. She did. Really, yeah. she deserved a lot of applause. And I mean, look at this. She's made somebody else's. Like she's yeah. making money for somebody else now. So great stuff. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait to hear what you two are up to for the past couple of days. Well, well, my coaching schedule has been condensed. I'm sure Jason is almost non-existent coaching schedule this week because of his, well, his less superior travel plans than mine. You know uh, what I did is I uh, scheduled a, a group call. So I I hired a uh, member, Italina yeah. Curtis on yeah. LinkedIn. So I hired her to do a group workshop tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. In fact, yeah. let me put this out there. Now, you got to work quick. If you send me an email, jason at fresyes.com, it's right there on the screen. If you send me an email, I'll get you an invite. Um, but tomorrow at 8 a.m., I've got everybody I coach, right? Like all their teams, all their admin, anybody and everybody who wants to improve their LinkedIn presence is going Sorry. to be walking on this call for an hour. And so I've got her at 8 a.m. tomorrow. That's Love awesome. I think, Great call. I think LinkedIn is so underutilized. I think a lot of a lot of people. I don't know if they're afraid of it or they don't see the value in it, but the people that go all in on it will tell you that it gets them leads, it gets them businesses. You know why you don't hear a lot of people talking about it? Because people why? are quiet, right? Because it works because so few people are on it, right? If mm -hmm. all the masses go there, it's going to work less, right? They're going to be be competing with more agents, so they're keeping it quiet for a reason. So you're you listening. You're listening to the show. Hear what we're saying. Get on there. So you know who spends a lot of time on LinkedIn? Gary V and Tom. Yeah. So. Or the illusion of Gary V and Tom. Yes. Because they have people for that. So, so Jason, I think it would be appropriate then considering the question that we put out to Janet to process, you know, right off the get go, the stuff that we got this last week and, you know me, I, I left a little early on Tuesday, so I didn't hear the last two two or so speakers. So I'm looking forward to hearing. You didn't hear me. You got to present on community? Yeah. yeah. Well, then good. I didn't miss anything. So, um, well, let well, me rephrase that. For those of you listening, it's because I've probably heard him talk on this and it's really, really good. Or I know what he's done and it's really good. So I didn't miss anything because I probably know the story. Congrats. And Treasure spoke on culture, which I've heard her do several times. If you missed Treasure Davis a few weeks ago, she was on the tailgate a few episodes ago, I should say. And um, we heard from Kyle Whistle last on Monday. We heard from Dan Beer on um, Monday as well about his levels. That was fascinating. That was um, fascinating. That was really good. We'll talk a little bit about that, I think. A whole but, other level of production is if you really want to know the truth. I've yeah. implemented some of those things, by the way, already in my coaching practice in the last day. Have you? Um, yeah, I'll share with you why when we get to that. But why don't we start with, um, Jay, are you cool with if we just dive into the, you know, we just had one of the guest speakers last week was uh, is a guest of the tailgate, Mark Pattison. And what he presented on at our mastermind was what he covered on the tailgate. I almost snickered a little bit because I'm like, we just had him on one of our episodes talking about this. He was excellent as always. Um, I didn't necessarily get anything that he didn't cover on the show. Jay, what about you? Um, I'm sorry. What was that? I got. Did I gotta, you get anything from Mark that he didn't no, cover on our show? It was the same, which was yeah. fine. I mean, more yeah. people needed to hear it, but no, it was actually it was the same stuff. So we fast forward to a guy that is uh, is new to our organization. A shout out to you, Jason Bramlett, um, who is crushing it on GCI per transaction. Uh, the guy is getting seven to ten percent on listings and still paying out to, still paying out two and a half percent. But Jay, I'm not going to go into what all that he talked about because the guy's just got a uh, brilliant, I was overwhelmed. His flat fee commission, because he's charging anywhere between 795 and 1500 on top of the seven to 10%. Um, he, again, he is, I did the GCI, the math, knowing his average sales price. And I was, I was stunned, but here's what I wrote down, Jay. Tell me what you think. And Janet, I love to 
have you pick your pick our brains on this. When you're charging that much money, and I think Dan said it at the end of his talk, you could, or maybe it was Kyle, he said, you could take this and go, oh, well, shoot, I must be doing something wrong. I should be able to charge more. Or you should dig in and go, what's his mindset about what he charges and how did he get there? And the second question I wrote down is, what is his top of mind awareness brand like in that marketplace? Because if he's commanding that, getting the flat fee commission and getting seven to 10%, he's done a phenomenal job on reviews. He's done a phenomenal job on positioning his brand. And I'll bet you he's everywhere or he has the illusion of being everywhere, right? Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, it was actually one of the quotes that I took down. And I, and I don't think it was him that had said it. I think someone said it in response, but it was, uh, you are you are what you're worth or you chart or you're, you're, what was it? I actually, I mean, I literally sounds like a really good note that you wrote down. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, anyway, I'm not going to pull up my notes right now. When the guy just comes back literally 45 minutes ago from the trip to Mexico, I, I arrived Tuesday night at midnight cause I left a little bit early and we drove and apparently flying is not faster. Jason Ferris. No. Um, so, so Jay, just out of curiosity, what time Wednesday morning did you leave to get here Thursday afternoon? <laughs> uh, Listen to this. Are you ready for this, Janet? <laughs> uh, did I, you go to Canada on the way back? It feels like it, right? <laughs> I was on a bus at 6 a.m. Checked out. On a bus at 6 a.m. from Playa de Guadalupe, which is a First good hour. 6 a.m. It's I a good hour below the border. Okay. And you are the first, Jason, you're never the first one on the bus. I was the first one. Was it a short bus? Uh, no, it was long. Okay. <laughs> so so you guys got to the border about an hour and a half later. Uh, and you guys went to Ote or did you go to Tijuana first? Ote. Well, they, they were on the way to Tijuana and then at some point they diverted and went to Ote. And then we... Because Ote is actually closer. I understand why the bus didn't go through. I don't know if they didn't have the right permits or they weren't doing buses. I don't know, but they just said, Hey, everyone off. Like it was kind of a sudden thing. And then there was the line of all lines. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like it takes the longest line at Disney times 10. It was just stupid. And I literally couldn't believe it, but whatever we got off. So I saw a picture. I saw a picture of you that somebody else took over <laughs> their shoulder oh. and I saw what you, so I've traveled to Baja a lot since I was a kid and I know the weather in that area that you were at and it's not close to the ocean. Let's just put it that way. It is Mexico. No, and Jason is wearing a windbreaker style shirt that you would wear short sleeve to hunting. It breathes this much and he's standing up against the concrete wall. The other side is the U S and he's on the Mexico side in a long ass line and he, he's on his phone. He doesn't look happy. <laughs> and I was guessing you were at that point because of the person taking the picture, probably 30 minutes there. And how long did you wait in that line? Over three hours. It was like three and a half hours. Three hours. Yeah. And that day it was about 90. So the day before I was at the border for 40 minutes in my truck with the air conditioning on and it was 96 outside. So I can't imagine up against that concrete, it was any cooler than that. Here's the funny thing, right? Is that, there was people selling water, right, and beverages, but you didn't really want to see anything because, well, there's no bathrooms, right? <laughs> so unless you want to be that guy. You smelled the condition of that wall. Nobody's well, used right. the bathroom. <laughs> people, had, you know, people certainly had, uh, but I wasn't going to. So you had this conundrum about like, well, do I get something to drink or do I dehydrate myself? And I dehydrated myself. But yeah, it was, it, but it was an interesting experience. You know, I, I mean, I can't say that I've done it before. I've now I've done it. Now I know what it's like. So um, he misses his flight, has to take met, the flight met, the next I met day. Interesting people, you know, like the guy that was actually a guy and a girl, two different parties that, that do it every day to go to work, which was really interesting to wow. me. Wow. Yeah, this guy works at a construction site on the on the California side, and every day he goes over, sits in this line, and then another a woman works in a meat packing plant, and she does it every day. So it was an interesting experience, not necessarily a fun one, but. 
<laughs> so Bahia, he came back the long way. The bottom line is uh, Jason just rolled in a few minutes ago and doesn't necessarily have his notes out in handy. So I'm probably triggering your memory. Here's the quote, though. I wrote, most agents get paid exactly what they're worth. Yes. Yeah. Great line. Yeah, I wrote that down. I, didn't, I only write. Here's what, here's what I wrote. I'm not trying to one up you. Here's what I wrote down for that context. I said the brand he built is the key to what he's charging. Yeah. So when you when Ooh, you described when you described his business model, my brain went outside of real estate and I thought of other brands and I thought of brands like Starbucks, whose coffee yeah. is significantly more than other places. But people keep going back there, don't they? Because it's more mm -hmm. than just the coffee. It's the experience. It's the emotions, the positive emotions that happen. I don't I don't know for me if it's the experience. I'm with you on that thought. I okay. think it's the convenience because there's more of them today than there are others. And I can do the drive-through. So there's value, right? It's, there's value, yeah. There's value. Except I'm in the line far too. I mean, if you watch me on Instagram and my, my stories, I'm regularly complaining about the one around the corner from where I live about how long the line isn't and they take forever. Like, so the experience, it's still convenient. Okay. So then the other thing, the other place my brain went was, I think of athletic where I think of Lululemon. Yeah. Right? So their, their track pants, their, all their stuff is significantly more. But you're, yeah. willing, you're willing to pay sometimes two times, three times as much. Because so, again, it's the yep. value that's there. So clearly he's doing something that creates value. So let me share something here back from a couple of years ago. So Tom Ferry said something on a stage and said, why, I don't understand why somebody's, why we're so caught in the 6%. Let's start taking listings at seven. Yep. And ironically, that next year is when I went on this challenge about listing appointments and took all these listings. Several of those listings were at 7%. Um, and here's why. And I didn't get any pushback. I, you know, I put in, I pre-printed pre like the, the, the listing contract like I normally do, except I told my assistant to put 7%. And then when it came up, they said 7%. Okay, sounds good. Right? Not once that I put 7% that I ever get any pushback. Not once. Now, when I put six, for some reason, sometimes I would get pushed back, but, but it was because of the perception. Like they'd, see, they'd seen signs everywhere, right? People would call and say, hey, I see your sign everywhere. I guess you're who I call, right? At that point, right, it's kind of easy to say, well, and this is what everyone's charging. Mm. You following me there? Yeah. Right. There was a, there was a, a gentleman, I won't say his name, um, but kind of busted into the luxury market here in, our, here in Fresno uh, once upon a time. And um, I was kind of curious, like all of a sudden, how did he just show up? And I ended up kind of poking and prodding and kind of falling out. And this is interesting. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not necessarily encouraging everyone to do this, but uh, let me share with you what he did because it worked. Uh, he went to luxury home and said, if you're interested in selling, you know, here's everything I do. And oh, by the way, my fees to you are free. Now we got to pay the buyer's agent something. So that's all negotiable, of course. But, you know, uh, and here's what people have paid buyer's agents uh, in, in your neighborhood or at this price point. And it was two and a half or three percent. But he said, like, my fees to you are free. So they said, what do you mean? You're going to list my home for free? And they said, absolutely. I'm not going to charge a dime. Uh, and then he listed it. And, of course, they had more uh, negotiating room because they were saving some 2.5%, 3%. And he'd do, his good, he'd do the job. He wouldn't cut corners. He took the pictures and descriptions and a marketing plan that reached people across the country. And he sold the house. And then he'd go to the next one and do it again. And do it again, do it again. He did it about seven or eight times. Then what he essentially he did is create a resume of properties that he had sold. He had everyone sign a non-disclosure agreement so that no one knew what he had actually listed the property for. Um, and so then he went to the ninth person, right, and said, hey, look at all these homes I've sold. And by the way, like this is my fee. And everyone went, well, gosh, if you sold all their homes, uh, I guess you're worth it. Let me pay you what you're asking. But that fee was 7%. 
Yeah. Right. So he paid himself back too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it's the cost of doing a startup. It's an interesting thought, right? Like, I don't know if some of the people are watching right now going, whoa, what? Not encouraging everyone to do it. Like, but it's kind of a reverse. It's like, instead of paying for the advertising, you're giving it back to the client, creating your resume and then going out and charging what you are worth. So it's, it's interesting. I love this conversation because I think we deserve to get paid a lot more than we do. Um, we work hard. Uh, most people don't realize the, everything that we do. So for those of you that are, I'm going to try to do this, guys, where I share my screen. Um, for those of you that are watching online, I wanted to show you just to bring a little bit more value in what um, – Sharing is easiest with two monitors. Sorry, guys, I'm over here. Don't show, share screen. And I want to share this one. And I'm going to go to, what's that? Yeah, we can see it. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Can you Flexible guys see that? marketing fee program. Yeah, tell us about that. Love this. Yeah. So you want to know how he charges 7, 8, 10%. This is what it is and how he does the marketing fee these basically he's just scaling what he offers he's increasing everything as he goes up mm -hmm. and i don't think it's anything that isn't novel um jason if you're doing the controls go ahead and turn the sharing screen off but i don't want to give away too much of that because i think there's a lot of trade secrets that might be included you got me yep no you don't i was slow but i got you uh-huh squirrel Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Seven to ten percent bring value. Uh, it's all about his brand, though, is the reason why he's able to do it. It's not the recipe that you just saw. No. That's what he's offering. But he's like literally people are calling him to ask him to sell his house because well, you're the best and someone wants the best. I mean, that's just what it is. Right. And there was some remarks that he had about uh, I'm, I'm willing to walk away from people who aren't willing to pay this, right? Like here's my fee. Like if you're not willing to do that, it's okay. And yep. you right have to be okay with that too. You can't make exceptions because exceptions, people find out about them and then you're not staying true to your brand. So, so if, you're, if you're going to be that guy, be that guy. So I noticed there was the percentage fee. And then in addition, there was the marketing fee. Yes. That's, funny. that's, a, that's what I call the flat. That's what I call the flat fee commission. Yeah. That's, like, so the, the, both of them happen, right? You have the, the percentage yes. for service and then press the marketing fee. But that's the second time I've heard that today. And in, and in his state, he's able to charge that because in California, you can't do an advanced fee without it being approved by the DRE. Okay. And in his state, he's able to charge that in advance with a credit card from the seller. That's very interesting. So if the, um, if the property doesn't sell, does he keep that marketing fee? It's already been paid. Yes. It's already been paid. Yes. It's an advanced fee. It's an advanced fee and not conditioned upon the close of the escrow. So in California, if you're going to charge an advanced fee, you have to prove a lot. Um, it would probably not get approved. Um, and so typically what you see in our state is a flat fee commission. That is, so in this case, it would be a 7% commission plus a 7.95 marketing fee. Mm -hmm. And that's, but it's still paid after the performance has, has been completed. Right. But let's shift gears because we've already spent 20 minutes on this one. Jay, let's talk about showing agents. Um, this one was fascinating because two of the three people I, I knew. What's that? I forgot about this. This was a big. This was a big talking point. It was. So two of the three people, two of the three people that spoke on this, I knew Julie DeRoche and Bick out of the East Coast, the Virginia marketplace. She is bananas. She's a, such a great leader and influencer in our ecosystem. Um, but basically what they talked about is instead of buyer's agents, you're hiring people to do showings for you. And, right. and so from context, this isn't maybe if you're an individual agent, this isn't that like you're an individual agent, you hire a showing agent. You could, but I think that's not the best first hire. Your best first hire could be placed like connect with us. We could probably coach you into what your first hire should be. But this is, you've got a team the leader or producers on the team are crushing it, but they're listing more property and they're trying to scale their time. And instead of having your buyer leads going to another agent and only getting a referral fee from them, the team has a showing agent 
That showing agent might be getting a salary. All three didn't do it the same, but they might just be getting paid by the agent that uses them. So mm-hmm. one of the models, for example, um, you know, the team members are on a 50-50 and the team member is paying the showing agent 8% off the top, 8% of the off the top GCI out of their commission for the showing agent to show the properties, possibly write it up and then step away. Yeah. And this the team a- and the admin handles it from there. Janet? This is, this is interesting. This is obviously a hot topic because... The, you know, the Monday morning mastermind that we we do uh, Mondays at 10 a.m. That and it's kind of like, hey, what's on your mind? That was about 20 to 25 minutes of the discussion on Monday. Same thing, like different models. Yep. Yeah. I'm not surprised considering it was Monday morning that we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> In I know. Baja. It's very funny. Okay. So what were some of the, what were so, the, so, so the one of the models, one of the models has a salaried person that's getting $30,000 a year, which is a very, you know, in that state, it's a very modest salary. It's obviously not California. It's probably not BC as well. Um, and they're, then they're getting a bonus on each transaction. The bonuses are varied based on the number of closings per month. Um, you don't give the showing agent the deal. The, the client looks to the lead, whoever it might be, the team member or the team leader. They right. look to the lead as the point of contact. And look, as, as business oriented as you might be, I can't be everywhere, especially at 6 p.m. when I've got three kids in three different directions. Mm-hmm. And so instead of me getting in the car and running you all around town, I have people for that and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And you all honestly don't want me because they do this every day. I don't. But when it mm-hmm. comes to negotiating the deal, when it comes to putting it together, you got me. Exactly. That's kind of the way it's set up. So what were so, some? Of, so what were some of the other financial models associated with it? Yeah. So uh, Bick, in her case, calls the person uh, director of client services instead of showing agent. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that segue. She pays them forty thousand dollars salary, and then they get a five percent commission. of the gross commission as a bonus. Um, Her goal for all of her showing agents or director of client services is that they make $100,000. And and basically they're around, they're available, and several people on the team use them. If a person on the team, the team member pays that 5% out of their portion. Um, On inspections and walkthroughs, the showing agent goes to those as well. So anything that needs to be opened at the property, the showing agent is running out there. Um, Julie, so the first model I gave you was Kyle. I don't know him. Wasn't Kyle whistle was a different Kyle, but Julie DeRoche out of uh, the Minnesota market. Most of it's, she's the one that I love sharing her training on closing over 300 deals a year and not buying online leads. That's she and her husband all past clients in sphere. And Julie is, um, you know, obviously still getting a lot of past client business, especially with the client appreciation parties that they do and the housewarming parties that they do, if you've ever listened to her training. Um, But she and her husband can't be in 72 places at once either, especially running a massive team like they do. And so the showing agent that they have is for them. Uh And what they do is they use anybody on the team. Anybody on the team, if you want to volunteer to be a showing agent, volunteer, if you want to be a showing agent for them on a buyer that they have, it's $35 an hour. Mm-hmm. And if you write the offer, you get a $1,300 bonus to write the offer and bring it through to inspection. Okay. And then, But no percentage uh, on the commission? Nope. Flat fee. $1,300 bonus to write the offer and bring it through to inspection. Okay. Interesting. Um because they use Janet, you'll love this. Because they use Realvolve, it's very transparent as far as the communication of the transaction. So if the showing agent is going to the inspection, they see the communication, and if it's handed off after that, you know the transaction coordination department and, and Julie sees the communication. Jason, any more thoughts on that? Isn't there a tremendous um, shift that might be happening here? Right, somebody who's on the ground, boots right on the ground, showing homes. They're familiar with the builder, you know, the neighborhoods, they're 
talking about the home. And then maybe somebody who's writing the offer, who is, you know, very skilled in making sure all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. And then there's negotiations specialists, which we've heard other people who have models that deal with the negotiations, right? Um, and then we've got people who at the end of the transaction are making sure that the client had the experience that we want them to have so that they come back and refer their friends and family to us. But uh, Andy, I'm glad you, you brought up kind of a little bit about why this is happening because if you're an individual agent out there, right, and you're like, oh, I need a showing assistant, hold on. Like maybe you don't need a showing assistant just yet, right? You might not be there. But what's happening right. in the industry is that we're showing a lot of homes and we're trying to deliver a high level of service to our clients, a higher level of service than we've ever provided before. And so to do that, right, it takes time. And so we're just crunched for the amount of hours that we have to deliver that service. So, um, so let me let me interrupt you, Jason, because I thought about you when I was listening to this segment. And you know, here's a guy, if you're if you're listening to this or watching this, who is a team leader, has Zillow Flex account. Closed and pended more than 300 transactions year to date, and we're in mid June. They have over and 120, 125 uh, pendings right now. Awesome, great job! And you look at some of these models, and I'm like, you could use two or three of them right now, because how many of your agents are juggling seven buyers, eight buyers at once, and in some cases, that half of them want to see the same property. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the the spin on that, Janet. The showing agent goes out and records, you know, your person that you're paying a salary records a bomb video tour of the one house that we know is going to be super popular, and sends it to all of the buyers that Zillow just sent you that are interested in it. It's done. It's one showing. It's done virtually, and then we're going to set up a virtual open house for our own eight our own clients on our team and you only have one showing agent so anyways just spin on that really embracing this team right like making everybody a part of it um but it, it's it's interesting where our industry is going right we i, I don't think there's a lack of of, of uh, customer service i think there's a a real understanding that we need to provide more we can't just be door openers we need to be a lot more to our clients and we need to be on demand so when you get these agents that are showing eight or nine prop eight or nine buyers properties, some of the same properties, but they're running around, like the client feels it, right? They feel that you're really busy and, and we don't want that. We don't want them to feel stressed. We don't want them to feel like they're rushed or hurried. They're making uh, a large transaction, 300, $500, $700,000. They, they, they deserve the time. And so yeah. trying to figure that out as an industry, um, and so, but I want to go back really quick, just to the, if it's, if it's an agent by themselves right now and thinking, oh, I should get a showing person, right? I should pay them so much per hour. I, I just, I would caution you in that and say that so many people decide to get the assistant or get the showing agent before they're ready. And as a result, they, they spend a lot of money where they don't need to be spending it. And, and they, they go and hire help. And when they go spend time on the golf course, if you're going to hire help, then make sure you're back in the office connecting with more people, reaching deeper into your database so that you're bringing in more business, not just spending money for the sake of spending it. If you're going to hire help, hire help to get you into the highest and best use of your time. If you're going to hire help, get them to do the things that you hate to do, mm -hmm. like maybe the paperwork or the admin work or the accounting and get face to face with more people. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we, and, we call it the all-in-one coordinator. Chan, I'm sorry. And then if you're going to hire help, be ready when you hire the help because and I think say, I say more about that. That's really good. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I say to agents all the time, if you, from the moment you say, I think, and I, I need an assistant, you've got three to six months before you get to your breaking point and say, I can't take it another, like I gotta, I gotta hire someone. And then you end up hiring the wrong person. So start, or you hire the right person and never train them well. Right. Or your systems suck. So that point right there, Jay, if you don't mind, that transitions me to my absolute favorite of the entire two days. I already know what it's going to be. Which is our friend, John Glutch. John Glutch is the VA, virtual assistant this master. 
this was the takeaway. Okay. If you wanted to drink out of a fire hose, if you want to drink out of a fire hose, so just right now, if you're listening to this or watching this, you could stop the show and just go, we're, we're literally going to give a shout out to our friend, John, go to vacheatsheet.com and download. Yes. You got to put your name and email address, but you're going to get value from it. Go and put John, get John's eight step cheat sheet to how to do VAs. Well, it's phenomenal. But when you consider this, he lives in San Diego and he does over 2 million in commission a year in the Phoenix marketplace. He lives in San Diego. He's not even licensed in Phoenix, but he does over 2 million a year in GCI in Phoenix, all with virtual assistance from either the Philippines or India. Um, we saw screenshots of their conversations, of their planning. We saw how he leverages these assistants to recruit more agents. Like imagine being able to go, when you work with me on my team in Phoenix, you will have a full-time assistant designated to you. So when you need documents sent, not a transaction coordinator assistant, assistant. Mm -hmm. When you need this, when you need that, when you need a, like in the past, when you did a PED that just stopped on June 15th, when you need blah, 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 our, your assistant will do that for you. And he's paying these people $5 an hour in a different country. And he goes, their efficiencies, John's a really humble guy. First of all, we got to have him on the show guys. Because first of all, I've really grown to like him. Second of all, we connected as you saw Jason over the Baja 500 race that I got to see. And he's going to come back in November. Um, but third, his success. John's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, I mean, you can't anyways, great guy, but so his business side, his systems, Hey, Janet, he is an Asana project management master. Oh, my kind of guy. <laughs> he's sorry. He's married. Um, <laughs> I didn't, but he's the guy he's, he, he said this, he goes, you cannot hire a VA until you do this. And he started showing all of his checklists for all the different segments that yeah. his VAs handle. Yeah. So, what so did, kind of like to, to Jason's point, what he was just talking about. So what did you both hear from him? that you went, I got to do that. Like, what was the, what are you going to do about it? The main thing for me, uh, and Andy's going to say something and I'm going to get my mind racing. I'm going to come up with five other things. But the main thing for me, I think, was um, supporting my team better with VAs, right? With writing mm -hmm. addendums or writing contracts and then having them approve them just it just opened my mind to more things that I could really do uh, that I'm not doing. I have access to some amazing VAs. So, so, so take that thought, Jason. There are things that – this is what I was kind of pivoting on as well. There are things that we do that are the same dang thing. And I'm not talking about us as team leaders or coaches. I'm talking about us as agents. Mm -hmm. We do the same dang thing three to four times a day. For example, the listing agent conversation – digging deep to figure out what the seller wants. He's doing that. He has given his VA. So you're an, you're an agent on his team. You want to write an offer. No, no, no. You're going to show these six properties. He, the, the VA gets the six properties, calls the listing agent, does the research so that the showing agent walk, the buyer's agent on this team walking into the appointment goes, this property has six offers already. The seller is looking for X, Y, and Z. And the buyer's going, you know that already? Yeah. Cause the VA did the homework. So the buyer's agent looks like a rock star when they Brilliant. walk in and show it. Brilliant. Regimented. Yeah. Imagine so that for a second. My team would love that. So you're making, you're scaling your team members, not only scaling your team, but you're allowing them to just be better versions of themselves. That's awesome. Certainly. You're going on a listing appointment. The VA fills out the net sheet for you before you go. The VA gives you the cloud CMA version because you did the worksheet from your phone call. You give it to the VA. They give you the entire listing packet. But here's, here is a bananas one. If you're watching this and you're a broker owner, or if you're watching this and you're a team leader, this one was brilliant. Mystery shopping your agents. This is good. He has a VA that mystery shops his agents and it's for training. It's not to humiliate them. It's not to shame them, but it's for training. 
And I know John well enough to know that he, the last thing he would do is ever shame his people, but to come back and go, Hey, we got to work on some things. Can I give you some ideas? And he doesn't say you are mystery shopped, <laughs> right? Isn't that good? That's really yeah. good. I thought I, that was really good too. I, before I, well, before I got into real estate, I used to work at the, um, the corporate office of like a big national, uh, chain of pharmacies and we used to do that we used to send mystery shoppers in to ask questions to the pharmacist and for that exact reason not to shame them or anything but just to make them all better like teachable moments that's really so cool. i have a uh, but you guys i have not made a big deal about this but my my operations on my team i have four four staff vas i have an ops leader i have a social media person i have a personal assistant who is a VA. And then we have another one that is doing transaction coordinating. All of them are VAs and we wouldn't be able to do it if my dad wasn't freed up as the ops leader of our team who spends several hours with them every morning. And we, we operate from both Slack and ClickUp for project management. My personal assistant operates from Trello for the project management. Um, and Janet, she's on every call taking all my notes. You can be jealous. Um, it's such a game changer. But when I was listening to John, I'm like, I love leveling up like this. Like, it's not about how many VAs you have. It's about how well you're using one. Mm -hmm. And when you see his checklist, when you see his cheat sheets and John's become a friend, it's really, really good. Um, so let me give you guys a couple of resources that I got if you're, cause one of the things that I get asked as a coach, I don't know about you guys is how do I find them? Um, so number one, sphere rocket, number two, Upwork, mm -hmm. number three, and you should, um, Jason, what's the one that we wrote down and we deleted my up desk. Oh, we wrote yeah. down my up desk and then Kyle stood up and goes, delete that one. Don't ever hire from them again. My out Be desk or my up desk? My out desk. Sorry. My my out desk. Out. Thank you. I've had bad experiences with them. Because they're charging you 11 to 12 bucks an hour and paying the VA three to four and not doing anything for the margin and locking you into a contract. Um, oh, by the way, John said, if you have one of those contracts, re reach out to Jason or I, if you do, because he's got a and out is not a right word. He's got a strategy to be able to hire the VA and uh, conclude that contract. And then what we personally have used on my team is, and it's it's harder, but it's onlinejobs.ph. Um, it's harder because it is the source. It is the Craigslist of jobs in the Philippines. And you've just got to be great at interviewing. Sphere Rocket, the first one I mentioned, Sphere Rocket is like a headhunter for VAs with a handoff to pay them directly. So imagine paying $1,500 to $2,000 for the headhunter service. They find an amazing two or three. You interview, pick the one you want, and then you pay that VA directly the fee that you, maybe it's four, maybe it's $5 an it's, hour. By the way, so worth it. So sure. worth it if you don't have the time or the skill set to interview. Well, because when you find the person you want, like they'll stick with you and you'll stick with them and you can find yourself six years down the road and, so much money is going to the other service versus just going directly to them. So yeah. giving them the raise and they actually feel it, which is great. So I'd recommend Sphere Rocket for sure. Wow. Janet, any more to ask? I just want to know what, oh, I want to know what the big script was. Was there a really powerful script that was said for? At, at the event? Script for what though? There was lots of scripts. I don't know, but I just saw Kyle Whistle popped up on my Facebook going live saying his favorite script that he heard. I was wondering if you knew what the 411 was on that. You know, I don't. I mean, I think you guys should all hop on there and watch it later. But um, let me give you the one that was the last subject we just talked about because I wrote this down. Um, how do you transition from somebody that wants to work with either your past client or sphere and transition them on to your a showing agent, your showing partner. And so I wrote this down. I think it was Julie that said it, Julie DeRoche. The most important thing is to get you into a house as soon as possible. I'm not going to be able to do that at five, at six, at eight o'clock at night. Let me introduce you to, mm -hmm. and somebody goes, but does this work for the luxury buyer? 
and the point was made, and I think it was very well taken and meant that the higher the price, typically the more sophistication from a business mindset, the client, and they understand your use of assistance. And when you set that up of like, I could be in my car or I could be in my office negotiating your contract, where would you rather me be? Well, it's the, it's the model of the surgeon, right? You, the surgeon is the one who's going to do the operation. You want him or her there doing that part. And in order for that to be successful, there's a lab tech, there's a receptionist, there's a nurse, there's all these yeah. other people. Yeah, well taken. Lots of conversations on hiring. I'm looking at my notes on that. And uh, put the right people in the right seats. A little conversation about that. Thought that was interesting, but a lot of conversations on hiring the right people. Um, you know, we 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 get somebody and we try to figure out a job for them versus like this is the job description. This is what the expectations are around it. You either fit or you don't. And if you don't, don't be that person that tries to make it fit. Just be yeah. the person that puts their foot down and says it's not a good fit. So I'm going to hire this person instead. So. Uh, same thing with the VA, right? Like VA or somebody you're hiring like to work on your team as an agent. Um, I get so many people that like I, well, while I was in Mexico, one of my uh, teams I coach, she reached out and said, would you be willing to sit down for 15 minutes and interview this person? Because I just not sure whether or not she's a good fit or not. I'm like, you just <laughs> told me exactly that she's not the right fit. Right. I mean, you should be excited and about this. And, you know, of course I, you know, went ahead and did it, but um, she wasn't the right fit. Of course she wasn't, you know? And, and so I love that hiring for the position, not the person. It's interesting you say that because they're, go ahead, Janet. I was going to say, do you Maybe have specific first. things that you look for when you're hiring? Like, uh, I have a whole spreadsheet that I put together with uh, several top performing agents across the country. It's like this uh, agent assessment sheet. Uh, and then you can change it to make it like an employee assessment sheet, but awesome. you put, you put different weights on different categories like coachability wow. or curiosity, um, yeah. competitiveness, that kind of Work stuff. Ethic. By the way, Jason, I love that you shared that with me. I use it all the time in my coaching practice. I use it myself in my own interviews of agents. It's, it's phenomenal. Thank you. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It, and I, and I pulled it out. Like, I mean, you know, I got on the phone with her and just didn't put my bias aside because the team leader had kind of biased me with this. I don't know if it's, she's a good fit. So I put that aside and just followed the format, asked the questions. And before I was done, I knew it wasn't the right person. So I want to go to the last topic that I'd like to share about. We're almost out of time. Um, and I think it was probably the second favorite in terms of how I'm using it, how I'm implementing it already just two days later. Um, and that was our business partner, Dan Beers talk on levels of performance and rewards. Yeah. And you know, the guy, first of all, is one of the most brilliant business minds and a team leader that I know. And, you know, we coach some amazing people and I'm saying that, and this guy is just crushing it. Um, so here's the challenge he talked about. He talked about as a team, there is a life cycle of a team member. You know, you're on a team anywhere between a 35 and a 50% split. Depending upon what team you are in this country, you're as a team member getting between 35 and 50%. And you might go, oh my gosh, that's so low. But when you consider all of the segmentation that Jason was talking about that a team does, the segmentation of the real estate transaction process, I like to call it the spinning of the plates that an individual agent has to worry about. The team member, if they're doing a team right, worries about one and it's meeting with the client. All the marketing, all the other stuff is managed by the team, the segmentation of it. Well, what Dan talked about is still at some point, the problem is at two, at three, at four years on the team, that team member's productivity has risen. They're doing 30, 40, 50 transactions a year. Sometimes, I know this will shock you, ego sets in and they think they can do it better. So how do we handle retention? How do we handle them staying around? And he developed he developed levels of performance. What's up, Eduardo? Hey, he developed, 
Wait, no. sorry. No. Did you see it was official? No. It's that the DRE paperwork is done. Mr. Eduardo Ruiz is now part of EXP. Congratulations. That a boy. Congratulations, Eduardo. Happened Love yesterday. it. Love this guy. Hey, Dudu. That's my nickname for him. Known him forever. So excited to partner with you, buddy. Um, so I'm not going to go into what he did, like in his details, because I think a lot of this is, is trade secrets to Dan's business, but he shared it with us. But just suffice it, do you guys remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about performance, rewards, and expectations? Yeah. The higher the level of performance, the greater the rewards an agent should receive. Meaning if you're below minimum standard on Dan's team, your reward is his training and access to open houses. If you're performing at minimum standard, you get the first level and you get leads. That's your reward. But the more that you perform, the more they like literally guys, if somebody is doing six, seven deals a month on average on Dan's team, they're getting country club membership. They're getting a Rolex watch. And I'm going, that is freaking br somebody that's averaging 60 transactions a year. And at some of these levels, they have to have done that on a rolling 12 months to stay in that performance level. They are getting treated like they're royalty and Dan's paying for it. It's freaking phenomenal. And if you're on my team and you're listening, <laughs> I, heard, I heard Dan and I'm putting together something very similar. Because but I, but if you're on Jason's team, he's not in the same average sales price as Dan yeah. Beer. Yeah, so there's no Rolex watch. Coming. No, he's he's got an Apple Watch for you, <laughs> level eight. Yes, but I mean, phenomenal. Like that was one of like if we had to like look at like like helicopter looking down and what are our five big takeaways? One of those would be like loving on your people. Mm -hmm like full on loving on your people and, and, and the top producing agents, the team leaders across the country that are performing at the highest level, like Dan are loving on their people. And I got some, uh, a whole new appreciation of how to do that. I always yeah. thought it was about how the, the split was, but sometimes it's about like, like I, I love this, what Dan said, I, I forget what level it was, but he, he gives them $10,000. He says $10,000, but you're mm -hmm. using it on a vacation. And don't $2,000 me, $10,000, I want you to fly first class. I want you to stay in the nicest room they have. I want you But you're not saying it. You had to use it on one vacation. One vacation. You couldn't use it on several for the year. You had. He wanted you to experience luxury. Yeah. 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 Freaking love that. Like that was my so, favorite of all those things. But from a practical standpoint, because some people, if, if you looked through all the eight levels or so that we heard about- from a practical standpoint, you might go, oh my gosh, but that's Dan Beer. That's not me. Hear what we said in the beginning. Level one, you're below standard. You get access to my training and open houses. Watch this. Level two, you start to get leads. Level three, you're slightly above standard. Now what you get is get access to the company logo where, and I will outfit you with a shirt and a hat and, and a mouse pad or something else. Now you're above standard, barely. Now you're worthy of wearing beer home team. And, and now he's going to give you maybe a $200 allowance for a professional designation. Now he's going to start investing in you. So good. So instead, because you know, most of the teams that we coach, what happens? Who are the energy sucking vampires? The ones that are below standard. You're like, I'm so tired of this coming to me and asking and asking well, it's because you don't have standards laid out. You don't have expectations laid out. This goes back to Sharon, right? When like Sharon, yeah. his lessons that he gave me a couple of years ago, he said, Jan, I don't know if I, I've told you this in a previous show or somewhere else, but he said, cut the bottom 20%. Every year, every 12 months, get rid of the bottom 20%. And I said, oh, I can't do that. Are you kidding me? Like, I know these people. Like, I, I know her. I know him, right? And he's like, stop looking at the names. Right. Like give them numbers, like in just bottom. I'm like, I uh, it, like, just couldn't even fathom doing it. And he said, you need to be focused. So you, so you. like, oh my God, like, I'd cry for a week. No, but like he said, focus on those that like 
are producing, right? Who are giving, are, are, are living above the standard, right? Who are living above the standard. And, and those that aren't, like, welcome them back when they decide to be. Um, I think I did it to about 10%, right? That was the best I could, like, swallow. By looking back, I wish I would have done it to 20, looking back. So I'm curious, Janet, you didn't go with us because the Canadians have you locked up. Um, <laughs> did you get something out of the event that we attended? Well, the, the one that I wrote down was the, what you just talked about, about Dan Beer, because it reminded me of a, a job I had before I got into real estate where it was like the, the pay was okay. Like the pay was really decent, but what really kept the culture strong is the way the leaders made us feel valued. And it was like the little things they did, the experiences they gave us that were things that we normally couldn't get access to. It was like, you know, renting out a box and inviting the top performers to go watch a concert from a box. Like it's stuff that you either wouldn't pay for or you couldn't even get the tickets. And yeah. it was so, it was like the wow factors. And oh, I'm like, that's good. of course, like why, of course, like, like that's the stuff. It's, it's the wow factors. But I don't think you can. So I privately messaged Dan on this after he spoke. And I said, I don't think you can lay out performance rewards, especially the sexy ones that start at level four and go up to eight for him right now. I don't think you can do that without laying out expectations of the first three lower levels. Like if you can't tell the first three, and this is what Mark Patterson shared with us a few episodes ago about his hundred point day. If you can't lay out to me of this is what a successful day looks like, whether you're level one to level eight, this is still what it looks like. Follow this and I'll move you up the levels. Yeah. Right. If you so can't do that as a team leader, then the other, the other rewards mean nothing. Yeah. You and I were talking about that privately. What are so the I think that the yeah, so I think that all these rewards, they're that like the lower level rewards, you have to reward the habit. Because if you reward the habit, then you'll get the results. Right? But you still think that the reward is important for the person at the lower level because I can see something to grow to. If you're rewarding the habit, because if you reward the results for the for the entry level guys the result is going to seem so far away. It's just like when you have contests for your teams, right? Like don't always have contests based on who sold the most. If you put the contest based on who, like who completed the trainings or who went on the listing appointments, like you mm -hmm. level the playing field, then yeah. you're going to up, you're going to up your entry level guys quickly. That's good. There's a lot to chew on with that, Janet. Yeah, coach, isn't she? <laughs> Jason, you want to bring us home? Well, I, I, you know, I, I did want to say one quick thing before I kind of officially send us off into next week with Tom Tool. Uh, I want to say that one thing that has occurred to me is that um, we assume, I, I think those of us that are veterans in the industry, those of us that are coaches, those of us that are like uh, have, co uh, have teams at a high level, uh, I think we assume too often that everybody knows like the basics um, and, and they don't like there was some topics covered at this event that I felt I've heard a lot. Um, and, but people walked away going, wow, that's amazing. I never thought about that. And I kind of wanted to look over and go, what? And then I just took a moment and said to myself, like, just because I've heard it a hundred times doesn't mean that somebody's even heard it once. Yeah. This, this goes to our consumers as well, right? The people who own homes. Like, I, I, I want to reach out to every agent out there and, and remind them that it's uh, we need to be the voice for right of real estate. We need to share with them, you know, what their home is worth, what options are available to them today. Uh, they, they just because we speak it every day doesn't mean that they ever have spoken it in their lives. And so we need to do a better job at that with our with our home buyers and home sellers. And we need to do a better job, job with each other, right? Mm -hmm. With the new agents that come in the market, but also those that have been in the market for years who maybe fell behind a little bit when we had this, you know, internet boom, right? Or, or app boom or uh, Zillow Flex. Like I can't, I blew my mind how many people didn't know what Zillow Flex was. 
you know, and, and so like we need to do a better job of sharing just because we've heard it a hundred times doesn't mean somebody's even heard it once. Yes. It's funny how doing this show, you know, because I, I, you know, coming home on, on Tuesday night, I'm like, yeah, there was some good nuggets, but then preparing and doing the show basics got reactivated. Right. It was like just talking about it influenced me to, isn't that true in business? Like the idea is shit. All of the money is made in implementation. Mm -hmm. And the execution. Same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying by implementation. You're going to yep. implement, you're going to execute, right? You're going to get it done. Yep. yep. Jared, right. why don't you bring us home? Oh, well, I want to wish both of you a very happy Father's Day. Ah, thank you. I thank hope you. you get to have time off on Sunday. Are your children going to spoil you? What are your plans? I hope so. <laughs> um, I've told, I've told my kids, don't give me anything. I don't, I don't need anything. I just want to spend time with you. So yeah, yeah. I just want, I want, I want, I want hugs from my kids. That's really, that's all I want. Uh, I will probably eat dinner, you know, but yeah, I, I want, I want some hugs. That's it. Other than that, that's all I, and keep being who they are. Awesome. Good word. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. Don't miss next week. Tom Tool. Next week is is there is some. I mean, I won't repeat what Tom has said on my phone since repeat since sending him Candace's screenshot. Like we got a heated <laughs> heated show for everybody next week uh, on the tailgate. Um, so, but real quick, are we doing that at a normal time? Are we moving it up? Well, if you guys decide to move it up or do it on normal time, I will be flying back from a trip. So I won't be here. Tom will have to take my seat. Let's oh, you're not, you're not here. No, I'm not here. I'm coming back on Thursday. Okay. So out on Monday. Tom right now thinks it's at normal time. So Janet, I think we keep it normal time next week. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll roll up to a different time early in the afternoon to assist more of our East Coast audience uh, the following week. Okay. She's got to make some adjustments there too because she got coaching. So, sorry, Janet. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Right. You guys have a great one. <laughs>